Hi, I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Welcome to Going Out with Jake Cornell. I'm Jake Cornell, and with me, before we get into our interview today, is my friend and producer, Katie Brown, and her dog, Penny Lane. Hey, guys. We're very happy to be here. <laughs> um, Penny can't talk, but she's incredibly cute. Yeah, um, which I think is good. Sometimes I wish that she could talk. Okay. But no. I, 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 have this ar- I have this argument with myself in my head, like, all the time, like, would my life be better or worse if she could talk? And I think worse. I think it would be worse. I think, I think worse. What did you do this weekend? I, was, I actually had a very fancy weekend. It was very Wait, really? Because one of my friends' families has a house in the Hamptons. Lordida. Yeah, and they um, they weren't there. Like, the parents didn't go that weekend, and they let us, oh, like, wow. have the house. And so was it like like kind of like charming beach house or yeah. like mansion? No, no, not a mansion, not a mansion. Okay, but like still felt fancy to be in the. Hands no, totally, one hundred percent. I'm just curious. I'm but trying it, no, to get it's, a picture. it's like a cute like family beach house. Like it doesn't look any different than like other beach houses. Totally. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, it's nice. It's the Hamptons. It's like is this like a Nicholas Sparks beach house or like a Nancy Myers beach house? Do you know what I mean? Mm, more like Nancy Myers. That's mansion. I know. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. <laughs> it's closer to that. Okay. But anyway. No, totally. Um, so Penny Lane and I actually both went to the beach and drank a lot of um, yummy drinks and ate a lot of food and it was lovely. I also traveled this weekend. Where did you go? I went to Burlington for my friend's wedding right. and we did like a college reunion. It was like 10 of us in Burlington all weekend. Oh my God. Have fun. It was so fun. Burlington is like psychotically amazing. It's like an incredible place. It's cool that you've also like maintained close relationships with all your college friends i know we're like excited to see it was other. kind of wild like we all like we don't talk like some of them i actually hadn't talked to in a really long time like and some of them we don't talk super frequently but like when we got together we like immediately fell like back into the same dynamics and sort of patterns in a way that was like nice not like regressing really but like just like oh yeah like this is how like when the 10 of us are together like hanging out and socializing like and it was also a big enough group where it was like people could go off and like do what they wanted like if yeah. someone was like tired they could go you know what i mean it didn't feel like you had to like do anything you didn't feel like doing so i can't believe you have 10 friends from college that you still are friends with yeah i mean like i said some of them i haven't spoken to in probably since college but like when we hung out it was like nice to hang out with them yeah wow um it worked out really really well but burlington is just like so beautiful like it's like and also like it just i new york is so expensive like i was <laughs> i jake is the first one to would not crack forty dollars on a check in burlington like i would close my tab 20 21 dollars and like like it's and I've been there for a few rounds. You know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? It's like, like what's going on? You go anywhere else and you realize that like the way that we live is just simply not sustainable and normal. <sighs> I know. <laughs> and it's just like I uh, And I'm like at this point I'm like I I feel like like was it la- I feel like we were just talking about how much I love New York and like I do get it, but I'm also like I think I'm also like a little bit addicted to it because like yeah. I also do like towards the end of a trip just like get antsy to get back and then I'm like 
I get back and I'm like, wow, it, it's like, I'm so happy to be back. Um, I spent more money last night going to a drag show than I spent in three days in Burlington, Vermont. That's like literally not an exaggeration. <laughs> and then like today, um, today I walked through a subway station on the way to here to Vine Pear Studios. That was so bad. I dry heaved on the sidewalk from the smell of the subway. So I guess I'm sort of missing Burlington right now. That sounds right. I had, the, I had a very similar train experience on, on the LIRR on the way out east this weekend the bathroom like i had to pee on the lirr imagine if there were bathrooms on the subway how bad it would be i mean that's what the lirr bathrooms and that essentially is what the lir is is a subway with a bathroom yeah and it's like i have to tell you like whoever made the smell that i smelled like should go see a doctor (laughs) 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 it was so so bad have you like experienced the lirr like in depth like have you like really like done it I mean, I guess I'm just asking because like I went and visited one of my best friends from college from a different friend group is from Seacliff. I went out to go see her once and I took a train during rush hour. Have you ever, and like this was pre COVID they would, there are like pop-up bars on the platform of Penn station of like folding card tables where, and like buckets of ice where people are making like vodka sodas with nips at 5 30 PM. You also, it's like, I don't, people don't talk about this. You can get a beer in a big gulp at a, in an, and put a straw in it and walk around Penn Station and get on the LIRR, like, to start drinking the second you get off work. What is that? I feel like maybe it's because there's just simply nothing else to do on the train. <laughs> like, there's not Wi-Fi on that train, is I there? I just, like, got, I don't know, but I just, like, got on the train and I was like, wow, everyone's, like, drinking Vodsads at 5.30 I mean, going yeah. home. I had a, I had... A train beer on my way. I don't judge it. Let me be clear. But I'm just like, the infrastructure around it is like so fascinating. I'm like, why not just put like an Amtrak-esque like cafe car? I guess I don't want that though. I think the the, the, I think the romance the of the card, of yeah, the spirit of the card table is more fun. Yeah. I, also, it's like, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think the Amtrak is like, it's like, it, it pretends that it's fancier. It, it's not really, but it pretends that it is at least. <sighs> Yeah, the Amtrak is interesting because, like, in some <laughs> ways I'm pro, in some ways I'm against. Like, like they're making a really big deal in Vermont right now because the Amtrak is now goes to Burlington. Like, as of, like, next week, the Amtrak goes, by the time, oh, no, this comes out next week. So, but like, as of, like, next week or the week after, the Amtrak you can take from New York City to Burlington, which I'm like, okay, great. It takes eight hours, and it costs 75 bucks each way, and it's yeah. like, hey, babe, I'm simply flying. Like, yeah. it costs 200 bucks to fly round trip to Burlington and takes 40 minutes. I know because one time I watched Law and Order and did not find out who the killer was. Um, <laughs> why it needs, if it was $20, okay, I could see people who like really want to get to Burlington and have time to spend but not cash take the train. But if you're making the train slightly less expensive than the plane and the plane is going six hours quicker, yeah, I'm sorry. It's like, are people just paying extra not to have to go through security? Because I kind of get that. But at the same time, it's like... Oh, duh, 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 duh. I hate going through security. But the same oh, time, you're talking about annoyance. I'm like, oh, so they can, like, if people, like, want to go do, like, a bunch of coke in Burlington, oh, I mean, they can, like, fly, they can take the train. That, too. But also, it's just, like, I don't know. It's like... You hate going through security? Yeah. I actually truly don't mind going through security. I hate when people well, are I, bad at going through you security. Have, do you have, like, the... um. Like TSA pre-check? No, I really want to get to a place in my life where it makes sense for me to get TSA pre, but me it's like too. I do. It's actually the thing is also then 
there's always someone like who's like tell is like selling you on TSA pre like once they get it they like want you to get it too. And every time it's they tell cult. me it's a cult. It's a cult. TSA pre is a cult. But it is cheaper than I expect it to be every time someone explains it to me. Yeah, but it's also like you get there all the TSA pre-check people who are paying all this money are waiting in the same length of line with you just so they don't have to take their shoes off essentially. Like you The lines want- move faster, certainly. A little faster. It's not like Have you gone through a TSA pre-line before? Yeah, cuz like sometimes when my dad has it so some like if he like oh. books a family trip, then like somehow I get it. Also, wait, sorry, this is reminding me when I went to London two weeks ago, they changed, this was crazy to me, they changed in London now at Heathrow, or Gatwick, I flew into Gatwick, you, t- the border is computerized, you don't have to talk to a, like a, um, a border agent, mm-hmm. you just like scan your passport at a kiosk and then there's a camera that looks at your face and like confirms they match or whatever and then you like can go through this tunnel and you're like in, you don't have to talk to a single person, which is amazing because like the border at, at Gatwick and Heathrow can take like hours mm-hmm. before. However, I was really excited because my passport photo is the worst photo of me that has ever been taken. It is so bad. I will show it to you. Hold on. You have it with you? Um, I have it on my phone because I texted it to my mom when I got it. And it's, like, <laughs> punishingly bad. Like, to the point where I was, like, this isn't, like, funny. And, like, when it's I went. Funny. So this was. Okay. What happened was I was going to Portugal. I was going to Portugal, like, right before the pandemic. Like, early 2020. And I um, didn't, um, I didn't, um, I realized like a month before I was like, when does my passport expire? And it expired one day too short to use to go to Portugal. And I had to get like an expedited passport. And I was like running around New York. And you know, like those days in New York when every person's mean to you, literally also, wait, what does the post office do to find the meanest people in the world? Post office workers can be the mean. Some of them are really nice. Some of them true torturers. So So I dealt with a lot of mean post office workers. I ended up like in this Rite Aid on on Second and C in Alphabet City, and I was like, I need a I need a photo right now, and then I have to run to the passport office and like get this thing submitted. She takes my photo, looks at the camera, goes, and then walks behind the camera and prints it (laughs) off. And I was like, I guess I'm taking it. This photo of me is really, really, really bad. And then when it gets put on, like, the filter of, like, what happens when they, like, put it on the passport, it's even worse. Where is it? Hold on. I'm, like, looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. We're going to have to, like, find a way to link this, like, in the show description. (laughs) I was like, you can't be serious. Oh, wait. I'm looking in the wrong place. I I texted it to a different person. Hold on. I'm going to find it really quick. But this photo, I truly was like, you have to be kidding me. Like, I just don't think I did anything to, like, deserve this, really. Yeah. But, okay, but my point is, I was very flattered. Did you find it? (laughs) Because it got rejected at the border. The computer was like, this isn't you. And I had to go talk to an agent who was like, oh, okay, it's kind of (laughs) you. You were flattered. It's really bad. It actually just doesn't look like you. It's really bad. It really doesn't look like you. Oh my god! It's it's so bad. Wait, I kind of love that though. That that you were like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like me. When it oh, I was thrilled. Getting rejected at the English border was the best thing that's happened to me in 2022. Like, I literally was like, thank God that no one thinks I look like this photo. This is the most flattering thing anyone's done for me. I um, (laughs) I also have a really really bad passport photo. I just don't think it's like, I don't think it's fair that some people have good ones like I didn't know that was possible no until, it's like, annoying and then there was like a social media like I feel like a lot of people like to like flex their like really good idea wait possible. I I look hot in my driver's license photo okay, I so actually about do. To do what I don't like I know but I the thing is it's a really good photo of me 
that is a really good Thank you. <laughs> my pat I look it's atonement. I look literally devastatingly bad. Like if you were single, I would say to put this on your profile, dating profile. It's a good pick, it's right? A good pick. Yeah. That's why DMV employees, amazing. The right aid on second and C, truly cruel. Um <laughs> And I'm not going to hold that against them because you know the DMV benefits are better. Like, they're just getting paid better. And that's the message here of this story is actually Wait, so are you saying properly compensate like, employees. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Wait, but are you saying that, like, you, like, really love the DMV employees? Like you Wait, have, like, I actually will say this. I had to get my license renewed in New York City. And, sorry, that was so, it's like, obviously I live here. But, like, I just meant, like, I was nervous about it because it's, like, the New York DMV is, like, a, it's, it's, like, infamously, like, a thing. Yeah. I was, like, Fuck. And I, and I waited, I did the thing like, which is like textbook me where I like waited too long to make an appointment at one of the express places. And it was like, I was going to have to do walk-in because I needed my license renewed before I was going on this trip where I had to drive. Ba -da -da -da. So I was like, fuck, I have to go. I have to go. So I go, I look and the DMV at, at Atlantic terminal opens at like 9am. Right. I was like, fine. I'll go right when they, I'll go half an hour before they open. I'll get in line. It's going to be fine. I show up to Atlantic Terminal at like 8.30. This line is, I'm not joking, probably 150 people long. Like it's, the I was like, wow, longest line I've ever seen in my life. Incredible. But I was like, I have to get in this line. It's going to suck. They hadn't opened yet. I get in this line. It was like three, two, one. DMV's open. I'm not exaggerating. I was in and out in 20 minutes. That DMV is run like clockwork. They had people moving you through and delineating you to the different desks. Like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. 20 minutes, I was done. I was like, I'm not joking, like 170th person in line. I was like, you are all New York City heroes. Put yeah. your faces on, like, put your faces on statues. I want you up around Barclays Center. You guys are incredible people. Wait, New York City nail technicians. See, I haven't actually, my last manicure, I actually, I do have, I, there's a place I like to get manicures in my neighborhood. Shout out Luna Nail on Fulton. Okay. But the last, but I don't, I, I've only ever had manicures in New York or LA, so I don't have anything to compare it to. They, like, you know, I think a lot of other places, like, you wait for a while, they can take their sweet time. Like, here it's like you're in, you're out, like, you have places to go. I, I feel like that. they are also heroes in their own way. Totally. I, that was actually a thing I was experiencing a lot in Burlington, was, like, realizing, like, oh, like the pace, like, the pacing of things. Like, sort of, like, you'll, like, be going to check out at a store, and they're like, okay, give me a second, and then it's like, oh, you're going to, like, mop a floor before you're coming back to, like, ring me out. Like, <laughs> I guess that's fine. And I'm, like, I have nowhere to be. I'm, like, on vacation. I'm just sort of, like, bip-bopping around this town that's, like, fully walkable. Like, I'm not in a rush. But I, that, like, New York, like, sensibility of, like, go, 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 I'm kind of, like, was, like, tweaking out a little bit. But it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, when you go somewhere else and you're, like, when people are, like, okay, like, you're on island time. Like, you got to calm down. Like, I feel like, for me, I'm like, I wish that I could live that way all the time. Like, I feel like I'm constantly on island time. And then I'm <laughs> here and I'm like, okay, got to, like, rush around for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I was born. I remember there was this kid. And, like, he wasn't bullying me. I did just think it was very funny. <laughs> but he, in high school, he would always be like, <laughs> like, I'd be walking. And he'd be like, you walk so fucking fast. Like, he would always call me out. And, and it's true. Like, I've just always been, like, sprinting through life. Wow. I don't know why. I, okay, whenever Blake comes here, he's so not built to live in this city. Mm -hmm. And I'll, like, be talking to him, and I, like, I'll look back. He's, like, two blocks behind me. Like, <laughs> he walks way too slow to live here. And Penny Lane is, like, definitely a New York City dog. She walks so fast, and she, like, weaves between people's yeah. legs. So I'm, like, going. Like, when yeah, I'm yeah. walking, like, I am going You're fast. You're on a mission. Yeah. 
I, love I can't it. I can't walk in, in New York with slow people. And I think that's also a reason why I don't like like I will take the subway when I when I like am in a rush or something, but like if I can walk, I will I'm walk. walking. I we will talked walk about as this. I mean, yes. Like I would rather walk than like simply do anything else. Like We were talking about this. Wait, we were talking about this in Burlington because in Burlington it gets psychotically cold, obviously. And so in, we were talking about how like UVM had a bus system to move you around campus that I never used. And I was like, to me, waiting for a bus in the cold is worse than walking in the cold. Mm -hmm. Even though I'll then get, I'll probably be in a warmer space the bus for, like I'll be in cold for a short amount of time if I wait for the bus. The bus I would a rather, famously warm place. Well, warmer than the out fucking side. <laughs> True. But it was like, I just wouldn't wait for buses. I was like, I'm going to walk. Even if it was like going to take a lot longer, I would rather be moving than sitting and waiting. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're not going to make you sit and wait for the episode any longer. Um, this was a really, really fun episode. Um, this is this uh, guest is one of my dear friends, such an incredible comedian. Um, so funny. So also fun. Like he surprised me. He was, I always thought like Gabe was going to be this like really sort of like, um, like he, I just wasn't expecting that the first time we did a show together, we ended up partying in the Q club until like two in the two thirty in the morning together. And I just like, wasn't expecting that. I thought he was going to be like a very, he, he's like a comedian. I really look up to who like works hard and like writes a lot. And I'm like, I bet he's like super studied and like just goes home and like writes more. And then he was like, no, we're fucking partying. So, um, you've probably heard him hosting the queer tea podcast. You've probably seen his writing on TV. You've seen him stand, doing stand up all over New York city. Please enjoy me going out with Gabe Gonzalez. Thank you so much for doing this. Are you kidding? For sure. Um, so I am very excited to talk to you about going out because you are someone, and I don't, I mean this as a true compliment, the first time that you and I went out together, I think was at Juicy at Q Club. Yes. And I was shocked and impressed by your capabilities. I was like, damn. This <laughs> yes. Because you come across to me, like you had always come, I had always seen you like at comedy shows or like online as someone who came across to me as very like researched and studied and educated and like knows what they're doing. And then you were like, I'm going to get another double. And like, <laughs> and then it was just like, <laughs> And we were at, I mean, I felt rough the next morning after that show, but it was a fun fucking night. Um, and I love someone, I love someone who can work hard and play hard. That's kind of my rule. I was just like such a stick in the mud growing up. Like I was the good kid in high school. I didn't drink. I was a oh. weed. And so I was like, I got to college and I was like, well, I earned it. And so it's definitely, that was definitely a practice in like knowing my limits. I think the night we went out, I it was like one of my first outings after being locked up for months and months during the pandemic so I was like we're yeah. making up for lost time I totally. what you did not see was me falling asleep on the M train and waking oh, up not the M or like maybe the B or the D that I transferred to without being Just conscious but like nothing on the orange line to fall asleep on it's you're gonna end up so far away I ended up so far uptown I had to pay $60 for an Uber I was like oh my god <laughs> Oh my god! It was so you know the you saw the glamorous side. Uh, I will record the train trip home next time for you, just to give you yeah. balance. Also, yeah. maybe for safety, maybe just for safety. Truly, but that was like no, but yeah. I was. Imp I was impressed because I was like, 
like I I was like, oh, I've hit my wall, and he's still going. And I was like, if you want to stay, you can stay, but I do have to go home. And you were like, okay, I'm good. And I was like, all right, have a good night. And then just like left you. <laughs> I just like loved. It. I really missed going out. It had been so long, and it was just like I don't know. I um I it was like a it was my first hurrah rather than my last hurrah. I think a lot of us can relate to that first or one of the first few nights you had out post like the lockup being like, I'm going to burn this city to the ground to make up for last time. But like, what was pre leading up to that? You mentioned that you were kind of like a good boy at school. And like when you were younger, where did like walk me through your progression of like what going out has looked like for you over the years and kind of the chapters? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So like my first friend outing. So I wasn't like, I guess sleepovers aren't outings. I wasn't allowed to go to sleepovers. Like, I couldn't... Like, up until I, I had my license, my parents were like, who are you going with? Will there be adults there? Why do you need to hang out there? You could just hang out after school. So, Remind me where you grew up? Orlando, Florida. Like, fully Orlando. Florida this, vibes. Yeah. This season of the podcast has been very Florida-heavy, which <gasps> is just interesting. Ooh, who else? I think you're the fourth... I think you're the fourth guest. Oh, my God. Teffy Pessoa and Millie Tamires are both from Miami. <gasps> yes! Uh-huh. And then I think there's a third Miami person that I'm forgetting. Elise? Have you interviewed Elise Morales yet? Yep, Elise yeah. is, mm-hmm. but she's not who I was thinking of. I think you might then be the fifth Florida person. Oh my God. Oh, what a horrible streak. I love this. <laughs> well, I feel like, no, because it's like my, when I'm like, who are people I have fun going out with? And I think maybe there's Florida people are fun to go out with is maybe <laughs> what the, is actually true. We have no culture. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Oh my okay, god! So you weren't allowed. Weird. You weren't allowed to go to sleepovers. Yeah. So like my first outings would be like uh, the the Starbucks at the Barnes and Nobles near my house. Like I would very make friends there. real for me. Yes. Yeah. Just coffee dates. Let's have coffee. Let's like talk about <laughs> talk about the new Good Charlotte. Let's be those girls <laughs> today. And then, so that's how it started. And then, when did you start being someone who like maybe partied a little bit more? Like, yeah. how did? What was the journey to get to the Gabe that I know and love? Totally. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was too busy hiding the fact that I was gay to hide anything else in high school. So like my Respect. first, I I would hide like dates, right? Like I would go to the mall with a boy, but like have two of my lady pals pick me up and be like, "We're just gonna go watch this movie," and it would be my date, right? But I think like. I, so I had classically as a queer man, I went to prom four years in a row with women. <laughs> it's yeah. I, one of the most embarrassing things about me is I only got three of the four. And it's <laughs> so humiliating. Oh my God. It's so humiliating. You can't ever go back and fix that, Jake. But okay, does it count? <laughs> Here's the thing. I went to two junior year. So I did four Ooh. in high school, but, but sophomore year, I didn't get into any. Oh, okay. I think that makes up for it though. It's like taking like six APs your senior thank year and you. taking none your okay, junior year. You're fine. You. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that counts. That counts. Um, yeah, statistically, you are there. You're on par. It's okay. Um, but yeah, senior year prom was year where I was like, okay, I'm kind of seeing. I'm like hooking up with this boy. He goes to our rival high school. My friend brought him to prom. I brought someone else's girlfriend. It was just like a, a weird little roundabout. We all like switch partners so that we could bring. I mean, this is a Netflix Netflix series. Absolutely, it was like <laughs> Euphoria, but like all the kids on the speech and debate team. Like that was. <laughs> It was that. So that night at prom, I like, we drank Natty Ice before. It was my first time like drinking. I'm Puerto Rican. Like we drank at like, you know what I mean? They give me like a sip of wine or a sip of beer. But like, it was my first time trying to get drunk. Was not. Went to prom, came back to this girl's house. I'm not going to say her name because she might hear this. (laughs) I've said so many things about high school that have gotten back to people I go, uh, went to high school with, like on podcasts, which is wild to me. 
I know I have a whole bit in my stand-up like in the main chunk of my stand-up that is about someone I went to school with and it like it doesn't paint them in a bad light it's like all about how great they are but like in a funny way and I I was like I have to change the name like I can't this person doesn't have the consent but like so many of the jokes hinge on this person's name that now I'm like rewriting the stand-up to like still work with this other it's it sucks (laughs) I'm like really trying to be careful I did shout out my old high school for like shutting down a production of Lacage and being homophobic but that was about as far as it went (laughs) I mean god bless I know right um but yeah I don't know that senior year uh prom was like I was like okay I'm leaving I know where I'm going to school I don't have to deal with my parents so I yeah. ended up, like, hooking up with a boy in, like, a neighbor's bush. We, like, I smoked, like, a little bit of weed for the first time. I had no idea what I was Damn, doing. Damn, we got it all in in and one night. Literally, it was all just, like, second semester senior year. I was like, my SATs are in. I've applied to a college. I dare Brown <laughs> to reject my admission because I got drunk on prom night. I was like, that can't happen. That'll never happen. It probably wouldn't, but <laughs> it was just, like, oh, it was beautiful. That's... I I also similarly was not I was a very good boy until second semester senior year and it was kind of like okay like I know what's happening I know what's next and like it's time for the partying and that summer was really where it started to happen for me it was also right when Four Loco launched so (gasps) that really sent it off i think Ooh, i had my worst breakup was after a night of drinking Four locos it was yeah that'll do it that's not good for a relationship that was incredibly fun but don't you feel like i don't know i don't i feel like college doesn't really like prepare you for like going out properly it's like all like house parties like messy drinking on the street 100 percent, 100 percent. because like i think especially like the first two because like my college is very like the when you're a freshman and sophomore you do I don't know this was probably brown similarly but it's like freshman and sophomore year is very much like house party heavy because like you can't really use fake IDs in Burlington there's like because there's not a ton of crime they really just focus on underage drinking in a major way (laughs) and so like it was you could you had to have like really good fake IDs so everyone would house party and then Junior, senior year, bless you, child. Thank you. Um, junior, senior year, we would, like, really start to go to the bars. But it was even still, like, when I moved to New because I moved to New York, like, immediately after. Like, even the way you go to bars in New York is not the way you – I guess you can go to bars in the same way, but I didn't want to. I was, like, I'm kind of already over, like, the shoulder-to-shoulder, like, slammed, like, shitty beer situation. Yeah, there was a place called Fishco in Providence, which is like where everybody would go. Fake ID. Is that by the water? It is. Yeah, I okay. know exactly where it is. Yeah, I'm from Cranston. Gabe. Yeah, I know, you know we that? talked about this. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm from that. Cranston. Yeah. So it's like funny because it's like I don't actually know these places in terms of like I'm going there, but like whenever we drive through Providence, my mom will like point to these bars and be like, "This is what happened." Here. You know what I mean? I like know where different things happen from yes. my family stories. <laughs> and Fishco was a big one. And there's another one over by the water that when my mom was younger had a like a pool-sized hot tub that was oh. active during the club nights and people would get into it and she said it was foul. Oh my god, it's like LeBan. <laughs> yeah, it's like LeBan. But in Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle that. I do love Okay, that. wait, but you would go to Fish & Co and... Well, I went a couple of nights, but I was like, this isn't my seat. It was just like so straight and so crammed in. And yeah. I'll never... Were you out in college? Like, yeah, but, you know, I, freshman year, I was still like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I was so, yeah, like, yeah. weird about it. And I, I wouldn't go to queer spaces, and I didn't really have any queer friends. So I was just, yeah. like, kind of, like, lingering around straight people, being like, have fun making out. I'm going to smoke more and maybe walk home. Like, I don't know. What that to was, do like, truly that. my vibe for a lot of it, too. 
Less so because I was, like, not willing to, but more because, like, I ended up in Burlington, which didn't have, like, a gay bar or a gay club. And so Uh I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like, but I'm, like, someone who, sometimes if I'm stuck in a situation that's not ideal, I'll convince myself it's great. It's why I lived in the same apartment uptown for three years, even though I wanted to live in Brooklyn. Um, Like, I'm, like, no, I actually do love uptown, and it's, like, really fun up here. And it's, like, it's totally fine that it takes an hour and 30 minutes to get home from a comedy show in in Williamsburg. Um, And, like, but instead of just, like, making the change. And, like, I was, like, no, I actually like that, like, I'm among the straight people. It, like, kind of is, like, fine. It's, like, a nice, it's, like, I'm not totally immersed in queer culture. That would be kind of blinding. Like, and it's, like, are you, like, this, like, it was, like, all bullshit. Like, the second I got to New York, everything was better. But, yeah, I felt very similarly. Is there a good gay scene in Providence? Well, I was going to say, okay, so the uh, Providence does have an eagle, which is great. Nah. Yes, they do. Uh huh. I don't know if it's like I don't know if they're all associated or if it's just that like gay thing where like every city has a bar named the Eagle. Like I don't, you know what I mean? But no, they I think that's a franchise. Really? Oh my god! I think it's a franchise of blowjobs and bathroom stalls. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. Well, there was that was one of the ones. It was the first place I saw like a grad student that I had a crush on, and he was like, "We can't hook up until you graduate." And I was like, "I'll be back at the Eagle again." But Providence also has, um, I think, the only bathhouse out of, like, three surrounding states. Um, I forget what it was called, but I think it was it's... something like Boston didn't have any, so a bunch of people from Boston would come to Providence to go to that bathhouse. Oh, so my God. Wait, it's so funny because, like, my lens of Rhode Island is visiting my grandparents, so I have no, like, it's so, like, like I'm like, I know where you can get a good rainbow cookie. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> But couldn't have told you for the life. I had no idea there was a bathhouse. Yeah, and it was so so weird because it was something I was so tentative about exploring until senior year. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm leaving Providence. But, like, I did this. It's fine. And then I got to New York, and it was like, everywhere's your own bathhouse. (laughs) Everywhere's where you make it. The city is your bathhouse, honestly, at that point. Now when you go out, are you mostly – if you're going out for a night out, are you, like, gay bar, gay club, or are you open to anything? Like, usually, I think that's kind of my MO. I think also when I landed in New York, like, I was so, so broke. I didn't know anyone in comedy. I couldn't afford UCB classes. Like, I literally had no home, no place, no community here. Yeah. And the first place I found that was a gay bar. Like, literally. Which one? Party. Oh, Metro was one of my first. Yeah. It was a I feel like Metro is, like, I think, if this wasn't my experience, because, again, I made the fatal choice of living uptown for the first three years I lived here. But I do feel, I know my, my boyfriend has kind of said this at times, like, I think Metro is that for a lot of queer people that move to New York. It's kind of the first place where you find, like, community and, like, gay joy, which is really special. It's very lovely, especially if you didn't go to, like, NYU and aren't familiar with, like, the, well, at that time, the, like, Splash and the all the bars in Therapy. the kind of Chelsea Hills Kitchen. Yeah, like, that was not part of my menu at the time. It just felt very far away. Um, yeah. And so that was, like, kind of my home base. There was a, a little party called Hot Fruit on Monday nights. And it's actually the first time I ever did comedy too, which was really wild. It was like, I, I mean, stand up. Gonna say coke. Oh no! I mean, maybe that. No, that was college. That was definitely college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to Metro Total Virgin, ma'am. Come on now. <laughs> first time doing comedy was at Metro, though. That's beautiful. My first time doing stand up. I did. I, I didn't open mic in Chicago in like 2011, and I was so afraid of how poorly I did. I didn't do it again until like 2014, and it was like not a show for comedy. It was like a drag performance burlesque review variety show night, and nobody wanted to see me. But it was like that was kind of the best trial by fire, sort of, to like win over someone at Metro. <laughs> Waiting for a drag queen means the most to me. 
I know it's so true. I used to be when I first started doing comedy, and when I and honestly, the first like several years I started doing comedy, I and I I regret this, but I was so intimidated by queer audiences because I respect them so much, like <laughs> that I was so afraid of going into those spaces. Like I was like, I'll bomb if I do comedy for queer people because I'm not good enough for them. Like they are the smartest, most discerning audiences there are. And like, they will not get it. And I will be humiliated and never be able to go to a gay bar again. And I think I missed out on building my like queer comedy community for years because of intimidation. And the second I like got over that and started hanging out with everyone, I was like, Oh wait, this is so much better. Like I love all these people so much. Totally. It's so nice. And I think that like veneer of like the sort of institutions that really dominated New York at the time, I'm assuming we both got here is like very, you know what I mean? It's like, if you weren't taking a class, if you didn't know so-and-so, if you weren't in someone's sketch, it was like, well, you're, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, they yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, you're talking to someone who went through the entire UCB. Yeah. So right. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like so intimidating. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like those audiences are sometimes the warmest, even if you were terrible it's like they're not gonna hold it against you they'll be like brutally honest about it but like also be um i don't know supportive in the aftermath yeah i don't think i understood that that like you can bomb in front of a crowd and come off the stage and people be like oh that was god awful but i still want to hang out with you like i didn't know that that was an option like i thought everyone would be like oh no you're standing for that i never want to speak to you but like you can and especially now i feel like maybe you also feel this way like once you're once you kind of figure out your own thing and you've like done it for a while you can see someone do bad stand-up but know they're going to be a good comedian. And then you can see someone do bad stand-up and be like, you should leave New York City. <laughs> you know, like, that. you can kind of yeah. smell the difference a little bit. You really can't. It, I, but I think it comes back to that thing. It's like, the are you being yourself or are you, like, trying to kind of replicate? Which is something you do have to learn by failing. It's, like, truly the most masochistic endeavor. Like, you just have to oh. bomb. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever um, work in the service industry? I did in high school, like, a very odd jobs, uh, very strange uh, things. Like, there was, like, Publix was a big chain that would, like, hire people. Oh, we know Publix. Um, I know. I used to do, God, every – this isn't even the service industry, but this is wild. Like, one of the only things I did with my family as a family activity um, – besides church on the weekends is they would take us to what was it give kids the world and they had like volunteer busboys and servers and we did that for like a solid year like we would go kind of once a month and i was like i don't think i have the fortitude for this like i'm helping needy <laughs> people and i don't i was dropping things left and right they'd be like gabe just don't carry that don't touch that like we got it i was like <laughs> i can't do i literally cannot do this like i will incur a cost to a company that would not make it worth paying me if yeah, i you're a bad investment as an employee terrible yeah what were your survival jobs in New York? Or did you start working in, like, media right away? Um, so I was trying to work in media right away. And I did interviews. It was so wild. I did interviews at, like, Gawker, Huffington Post, um, a bunch of other publications that were at BuzzFeed. And they were like, you don't have any credits. You are 21 years old. Um, your resume is, like, a mixture of, like, like theater main stage plays <laughs> in your college and, like, one internship. Like, you have zero editorial experience. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. But I majored in... God, uh, it was called Modern Culture Media, but it was really, like, film and media criticism, but also, like, a, a dash of production. They were like, you gotta know how to make shit. So I started looking for video editing jobs, and, like, my very first survival job was actually Wait, I knew this. Porn. I yeah. knew this. Yeah. Editing it's porn so and editing iconic. Big Dipper videos. <laughs> Big Dipper music videos and porn kept me alive the first year and a half. Yeah. I forget that your first job in New York was being a porn editor. Gabe, it's so fucking iconic. Wait, did that ever lead to, like, did you ever get to go out to, like, porn parties? 
oh my god, fully yes. And it was... <sighs> okay, everyone plug in. This is going to be a three-hour episode. I'm freaking out. <laughs> like, tell me everything. Yes. Fully! Oh my god. Okay, so I do have to give credit because some of my porn friends were actually the people that introduced me to my comedy friends. It was, like, really beautiful. It's like I'd meet porn stars and new drag queens who were like, whatever, I'll book you. Did you know you wanted to be a comedian at this point in time? Like, yes, but I didn't know how. Okay. I was like, okay, I really sure, enjoy sure, sure, writing. Sure. I was like, I like satire. And I was really afraid of stand-up because uh, I was like, it's just me. It's just me for 10 no, minutes. Totally. Like, I hate myself. What am I going to do with that? Uh, <laughs> but it was really sweet because it was like, that was kind of my inroad into comedy in a very strange way. Like, my inroad into yeah. queer nightlife, really. Um, yeah, which is, it starts to all blend. Totally, truly. And I had, the first year I worked at this porn studio, I had the other editor was like a very good friend of mine and he would take me out and he was like, you gotta do that. He was like next level though. Like me the night at the queue every night. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah, truly, truly. Uh, and so he was really fun and introduced me to a lot of people. And obviously I'd run into folks who'd work on set with at clubs, whatever, whatever. Long story short, <laughs> one year, the other editor at our company is like, I can't go to Hustle Ball. Do you want my ticket? Stop. And I was like yeah so i bought yeah. myself a wrestling like a little wrestling singlet at a store on eighth Ave. i'm literally dying <laughs> fully this is also the year i think i had gone to uh Folsom east as well so i was like okay gotta get gear i have to like be cute oh my god i get to hustle ball and it was like so first of all i'm riding over to hustle ball with a porn star who is like okay He's, like, one of the most macho, like, gravelly uh, kind of, like, porn stars I've ever met. Absolutely huge cock. Everybody's, like, Dommy, 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 like, rip me in half. We're in this Uber on the way to Hustle Ball, and he is, he's, like, do I look okay, guys? Do I look fine? I just feel like people uh, are really, like, is this okay? Does this fit? Like, so insecure about it. And I was, like, literally everybody along this block would probably say yes to fucking you right now. Like, you're fine, babe. You look gorgeous. The body's banging. The dysmorphia was. This is shitty, but literally nothing is. My favorite stories are stories about incredibly hot people being insecure. It literally is so delicious. It was so unrelatable, but I was like, I kind of love this. This is like the one thing that makes no, you human to me. It's so humanizing. Truly, yeah. Um, but the event but was what more, were the parties yeah. like? That one was nuts because that was at a venue that Suzanne Barsh used to throw a bunch of parties. It was like a three-floor venue somewhere in like um, what used to be the Floral District, I guess. Uh, like almost like. Oh, like in the twenties, but in the twenties, yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking floors, like top floor was like full circuit party. Second floor was like you know little like dips and. Was it at Slate? I think so. Yes. Whoa, I haven't thought about Slate in a long fucking time. Slate used to have open mics during the day before they would throw like fetish sex parties at night, and they'd be setting up for them. It was truly bizarre. I used to do so much, so many mics at Slate, and they'd be like setting up the bartenders would sometimes like not have shirts on for an open mic it was deranged it was heaven but it was deranged um that's like doing juicy at the queue i love that and it's not just like no it's like doing juicy at the queue but it's like but it's not like it's not like three floors directly stacked on top of each other they're like askew and there's like slanting staircases all staircases are slanted but like it was like you'd go from like i'd sort of be like i feel like i would at slate go from one room to another and be like i think i'm on a different city block like i don't think i'm on the same city block as where i just was like this is really disorienting fully and there were like fucking aerial artists at that party too yes 100 like, this what? is slate it was slate yeah it was why and then obviously and the first floor slate's still open i would go to a party there in a heartbeat fully, honestly so game on like let's I'll text you. let's I'll investigate text you. we need to figure this out because i i have some um i don't know hijinks i want to revisit in that space i want to like conjure the yeah conjure the energy of it 
Um, so what does a what does a dream night look for you now? Like look like for you now? Like if you're wanting to go out on the town? Okay, I so I'm kind of like a mixed bag. I've like uh, I think even before the pandemic, I was like becoming a little bit more of a homebody. Um, mostly because it's like I think now doing stand up with such frequency, it's like that's kind of the nights I go out. It's like I'm gonna run into friends. I'm gonna run into people I like. Yeah. We'll probably go out afterward. And it takes out a lot of the guesswork and the organizing. It's like, we're all going to be at the show. If someone wants to go out afterward, cute, great, perfect. We've already pre-gamed. Um, but I like, I'm much more like night out with friends, um, hop to a couple of places uh, and kind of just like get into trouble. I'm not a really big like concert, circuit party, loud blaring bass music person anymore. I like definitely had that era. It was really beautiful. There were a lot of warehouses yeah. in Bushwick that like gave me a great time. Um, but I want to, like, talk to people. I want to, like, talk to people and kind of, like, just hang out. For sure. Are you one for, are you one for, like, when you say get into trouble, are you, like, when we're out, we're, like, in it to win it? Or are you kind of, like, let's grab a couple drinks and then go home? I'm, like, if I'm going out, I'm, like, okay, let's make a night of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like let's get it, let's yeah. get it going. I want to go to a bar, take me to a weird place you've been. Maybe we're going to see a show. Maybe you'll end up at someone else's house, like, smoking. I, I, I have no idea. I just like like meeting somewhere and being like whatever like we have the next few hours free like let's make it happen. Um, yeah, and I do enjoy. I think drag shows are also a really easy way to get people to. Um, fucking drag race screenings were the only way I saw my coworkers when I was working in media. It was like we'd yeah. all just like that's what we're doing after work. Um, I feel like people shit on the drag race screening. It's like oh you went and watched drag race. I'm like I'm sorry. Like season fourteen, they're still fun. Like yeah. and I don't want to hear it. Like I don't want to hear it. Like they are fun, unfortunately. I'm also not going to the screenings to actually watch. I always watch the show the day after if I've gone to a screening at a bar because I'm missing. Yeah. I'm missing moments. But I, <laughs> I have a show. Like I have a show. Like I have a show on Friday, that is a that is during Drag Race. Um, but it's a six minute walk from three dollar bill, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go to the screening, run over, do the show, and then walk back. Like I don't care. Like Wait, I'm a twelve minute walk from three dollar bill. What? what? I know. I've been to your house. Yeah. Oh my god. Where's your show? It's at um, BCC. Oh, oh my God. Okay, perfect. Amazing. I didn't know 3DB yeah. was doing uh, the Drag Race. Wait, screenings. okay. I don't know by the time this airs if Drag Race will still be on, but probably sure, All-Stars will be on at that point. But if the $3 bill Drag Race screening is actually so luxe because they open the back party room <gasps> and they set it up like a movie theater. Oh. And then they just project it on the big screen and there's seats with tables. And then you can kind of just, like, get up. It's not a crowded bar. It's literally, like, almost like watching drag in, like, a gay movie theater. Oh, it's okay. kind of heaven. And then the hosts do numbers after, like, through the crowd. It's actually kind of, like, sick. I lo- It's like a Drag Race Nighthawk for one night. That's really beautiful. Truly. It's literally that. It's literally that with bar service. It's my dream. It's actually my dream. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you awoke uh, this opportunity to me. I did not. I had no fucking idea. And I'll probably be. It's, like, where I go to watch it if I'm free. Cute. Um which I accidentally booked a lot of my Fridays before I realized that drivers was going on, and now it's tough. It's actually really tough. It's fine. I think we've got a new franchise coming out Tuesdays. We're, I, your whole week yep. will be dominated soon enough. We'll be okay. 100%. It's just like, and I'm already feeling anxious because I've, like, I'm, like, my original favorite gay bar in New York that still is my favorite gay bar, but in the past, like, six months has become, like, the hot, cool gay bar in Brooklyn. And now like, I can't just go there and like hang out because it's like slammed and that's great for the bar. And I did a lot of posting about it on Instagram for the past year. And I'm not saying 
it's my fault by any means. I do not have the following or outreach to have been the only re- reason that this blog became popular, but I do regret ever posting about it because now <laughs> I'm like, I should always be able to sit at this bar. It's really annoying to me that it's busy. I think I know, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. The Exley. The Exley. I'll yeah, say it right yeah, now. Yeah. It's the Exley and I'm curious. <laughs> I'm having a moment. Yeah. No one. No one under 25 was going to the Exley six months ago. Not a soul. Oh, that sounds like a dream. And now I'm, like, seeing people show up in, like, Doc Martens and latex trenches. And I'm like, guys, I love you, but this is not the bar that I wanted to be at. Like, <laughs> the latex trenches really, like, helped me. Like, actually went from, the- like, the smoking section of actually used to be cigarettes and now it's vapes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's, it's like, you can see the transition. <laughs> And I love them. Every single bartender at the XC, I adore you with all of my heart. I just am, sometimes I'm like, it's so busy. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any, I, I not to turn the tables on you, but do no, you please. have any non-queer bars that you do enjoy going to? Or are you also just the, the gay bar person? No, I have a lot of non-queer bars I enjoy going to. Mo- I would say most of the bars I go to are at least bi, but um, <laughs> I like, I mean, I have, there's, like I live where I live in Bedsty mm-hmm. and come on everybody is gorgeous. That would I would say is yes. like our nearest gay bar, but come on everybody, especially post-pandemic, is very like event-based. Like mm-hmm. you can't just kind of like pop in for a drink that often. It's usually like there's like right. a show and a ticket moment. And so I don't really consider that a it's almost like a gay club now. Like mm-hmm. so I don't I don't have like a gay bar to just like go chill at in my neighborhood currently, but I love Glorietta Baldi and Doris and mm. Superpower. And King Tai. King Tai has gay vibes. Mm-hmm. But, like, those are all, I guess, straight bars. And Nostrand Pub, which is just, like, a very laid-back pub. And Do or Dive, which is not really gay. But kind of gay. Um, those are, like, my neighborhood spots. If I'm going to, like, Williamsburg, I'm pretty much going to the Exley or... Um, I'm pretty much going to the Exley or Metro or Mantra or Rosemont or the um, Brooklyn or uh, Bushwick Country Club. Oh, I which I guess is that not one, which yeah. is not gay, but yeah. it feels gay. It can be. It can be. Yeah, I would say Williamsburg is the only neighborhood where I'm pretty much exclusively going to go to a gay bar. I don't really have other destinations in Williamsburg. I'll go to Rockarola every once in a while, I guess, for like a cheap big beer. Um, but then like, and I guess like if I'm in the West Village, I want to go to Julius. Like it depends mm. on the neighborhood, I guess. Like certain neighborhoods are more gay bar focused than others. But I do have some straight I also, like, because I was a UCB kid for a long time, like, McManus on 19th and 7th is, like, very special to me. And I do, like, love that bar, um, which is, you know, fine. What about you? Do you have straight bars that you're That list was to... so comprehensive. I was like, I have a couple. And you were like, if I want a big beer in this neighborhood, I'm going here. If I'm on the one train heading well, it's north. it's truly like, my job. Yeah, like, it is, is, I was yeah. a bartender for 10 years, and now so I make this podcast. Know. So it's, like, truly my job. I just, you know, I was like, I thought I knew about a few places going out. And then I, you know, talked to people in the service industry, bartenders, people who run nightlife events. They're like, there are 8,000 venues by you that could give you any of these things. Yeah, Um, it's true. Truly. For me, I've, there's this uh, place near me off Broadway in Brooklyn called Cafe Ursuli, which is really fun. I've enjoyed going to. Like during the day, they have a cute like brunch, lunch scenario. People work outside the backyard a lot. And then at night, sometimes they're closer to private events, but they've just got like a really great vibe. Um, There's like one bathroom and the line is brutally crowded, but sometimes it's That's tough. That's always really tough. Yeah. Um, I, Rosemont is obviously, Rosemont, $3 bill, Metro are all kind of walking distance for me. So those are great. Like sometimes after work, I'll just like pop in and sit in the back and like drink white wine at like 6.30 p.m. when no one's there and be like, thank you. 
That's enough. Wow. That's all I needed. That's like that's truly 65 year old gay man behavior I that's know. like <laughs> those are the only so other cute. people there it's great it's so nice <laughs> so nice uh, those are all the white wine flirting with the bartender yes always <laughs> oh my god that was what kept me coming back to metro for so long there were like two bartenders i had huge crushes on it was great yeah you um based on like the few nights we've gone out together i you have a really interesting capability to fall fully head over heels in love with someone that you have not met yet <laughs> I just like have these like really it happens at comedy shows all the time I'm just like who is that like I love them I want to know everything about them and it's so it's just like so this happened to me when I did a show with Kenise Mowgli for the first time like fully did not recognize her from Twitter we were like in dimly lit room masked I was like who is this person going up she went up on stage and I was like A I know her obsessed B the set I was just like need to know everything need to know everything obsessed. yeah beautiful fantastic was that the Scorpio show we did together? It was, yes. That was yeah. Such she was really show. on fire that night. It was great. It was really fun. Yeah. Shout out to Starfuckers, a show where everyone on the lineup is the same astrological sign. You missed the Scorpio show, which is the best one, unfortunately. But go check out whatever. <laughs> it was heaven. What is your moon and rising? Okay, so uh, my rising is Virgo, which is the only thing that keeps me organized because my moon is also Scorpio. Like That's intense. Wait, double Scorpio with a Virgo moon is really intense. Scorpio rising, Vir- no, Virgo rising, Scorpio moon. Mm-hmm. That's really intense. It's That's really, really intense. intense. My best friend is like super into astrology and she like did my whole chart and she's like, you have Scor- like six of your whatevers are in Scorpio. Like you have a very intense personality. And I was like, well, you've known me for six years. So yes, <laughs> I duly noted. Um, yeah, like yeah. everyone loves Gabe, but no one's calling him chill. Right, you know? that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. If we're going out, we're on a mission and we will achieve it. <laughs> what is your, okay, I'm curious about this. Like, cause you're also someone like, like stand up is a part of your job. Like it's part of your career. It's part of your work. How do you, what is your approach to balancing, like, what are the nights of stand-up that are, like, going out nights? Like, what are the nights of stand-up that is just, like, I'm working tonight? Like, how do you sort of navigate that? It's, like, really, mm, it's tough because I think, especially with the pandemic, uh, work schedules are, are very difficult to, like, kind of predict. But yeah. I think it's, like, if I've got something due the next day, if there's, like, a packet, a self-tape, um, it's something I have to edit and turn in or write, I'm going to be, like okay, we're going to get home by, like, midnight. we got to be a good girl tonight. Um, yeah, totally. But if I don't have anything the next day, I'm very... I love just kind of being invited out to things spontaneously. I think after... It was after the Starfucker show where we just, like, went out and had that amazing dinner, right? At, Bo- at Bogota? That was yes. heaven. That, that was a heaven of a night. Literally one of my dream outings. I was like, oh, we just did wait, a show. We wait, wait, same. That was a dream outing where it's like, no one planned this. Eight of us went out to dinner. That restaurant was so fun. Whoever made the call to go there, like... We left Union Hall and just walked down Fifth Ave. And then someone was like, this place looks dope. And I walked in. I was like, we have eight people that need dinner. Like, And they were like, yeah, let's go. And it was a fucking party. It was a great that was such a fun night. It was so much fun. You also, um, you did something annoying, which is you won the ordering contest. Like, you aggressively ordered the best thing on the menu. And everyone was like, what the fuck is that? Like, everyone else's food was fine. And then your food was, like, objectively delicious. And everyone was, like, pissed. And then everyone, we were all pissed. I was pissed. It was I think I got a quesadilla. And then you ordered something. You're like, I don't know what this is, but it sounds like it'll be good. And it was, like, gorgeous. And I was furious. I was mad at you. It was like in at it, but it came in like a frying pan. It, it honestly on the menu, it looked oh, like a yeah. lot. It, it looked like way too much. Yeah, it looked bad on the menu, and I think that's also why I'm mad because I was like, Gabe's fucking up, but whatever, he's drunk, it'll be fine. And then it showed up, and I was like, this asshole. I was so <laughs> mad. <laughs> I just I follow my heart at new restaurants. I'm like, you know what? We're trying something new. We're not doing chicken tenders today. 
I should have. Yeah, I guess it's a good rule of thumb. Like, f- if you're at a restaurant, order what the person who smoked the most weed at the table has ordered, and you'll probably <laughs> win out. Fully. You will, yeah, you'll never <laughs> fail. It'll be great. <laughs> no, but that was so fun. Yeah, I guess it's, like, it's interesting because, like, I feel the same way where, like, whenever I go to a show, I am kind of, unless there is, like, a tape the next day or a packet due or something, like, I am, like, down for and honestly kind of hope that it's like a fun show where everyone's like vibing and it's like let's keep it going but then it is like with our jobs it's like there is also the kind of like there's always there's always homework right like there's always like another project we could be writing another thing we're trying to like sell or pitch and it's like trying to navigate when it's because if it's like if you go out after every comedy show you do in a week you're actually never going to write anything but you do like have to and i'm just like sort of now that comedy is my full-time job, I'm sort of, like, navigating what that looks like <laughs> on, like, a day-to-day basis. Because it's, like, I do have things I want to write, but I also, like, am wanting to live my fun life post-pandemic. And, like, part of my job now is going out, like, four nights a week to comedy shows. And not just to comedy shows now because of the podcast, like, to restaurants and bars. So it's just, wow. like, it's I'm interesting how it is navigating it. Yeah. For different com- comics and stuff. I think something I kind of realized, too, is that that is, I don't know, sort of... It sounds really cynical, but I think the reality is that going out is also kind of part of the job. Not that like going out with friends after a show no, is the job. It's true. But it's like you kinda you have to cut up after the show. You have to stick around. Like I stuck around after a show where I was gonna go home because Millie was like, just stick around, we'll take an Uber together. And I was like, Okay, cool. An hour later, Millie had introduced me to like five people I had never met. That's actually yeah. Millie's been on this podcast, and that's actually fully the story of taking a car home with Millie Tamaras is you are gonna go home two hours later than you wanted, but like you will have a really good two hours. It's amazing. It's crazy. She's like, we'll split a car. And she'll also sometimes, like, she's like, we'll split a car, but you're hanging out. Yeah. Okay, fine. (laughs) I was like, if you insist, I guess. Like, she's so good at that. She's really great at it. It's very, very good. She reminds me of one of my aunts in that way. It's like, we talk about this all the time because, like, I feel like Puerto Ricans and Dominicans love, like, a a long night out. Like, you could be sitting in a kitchen with several relatives and you're going to be up until 4 a.m. It's going to be like gossip, drinking, shots, going outside, smoking, coming back in. So I feel like yeah, we were well, like, like heaven. yeah, that we were like born heaven. for this. We were definitely ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Millie definitely has that energy, and I see that in you of just being like, well, no, we could we could just keep going though. We could keep hanging out. That's uh, the danger though. We could always, yeah. and so I really like. Ugh, I've really had to relearn my limits. I think going out again post pandemic because I was very good at like sensing. And yeah. uh, I've lost all of that entirely. And it's it's not just like, am I going to be hungover? Am I going to get home safe? It's like, am I going to be able to work tomorrow? Am I going to feel good? Like, Yeah, I see. I'm like different in that I don't struggle with limiting length. Like if I'm tired or if I've like had one drink more than I wanted to, I'm like, I'm leaving. Like I'm down to go home and go to bed. Like I get, I'm down. But mine's like a quantity thing. Like I'm like... Mm-hmm it's hard like i'll be like i'm not gonna go out tonight and then come like seven o'clock i'm like well my friends are all at this party and like that's where i struggle more so than like the and i'll go for two hours and then come home like i don't need to be like a big night out but like i don't i don't love a night in and especially post pandemic i really it's hard for me totally we've lost so much time too i don't know that's that's the other thing it's I, I felt so much more, um, I guess, surrounded by people. And, there, you know, you can text folks, like, but I don't know. It's It felt so different during the pandemic, like, literally not seeing anybody. I was like, do I have any friends left in the city? Like, what's going on? I, I know they're here, but, like, it was uh, really scary. And I think part of me going out so much was was kind of, like, trying to get that again, be like, there are people here. We are supported and around each other. I agree. And I do think we are still in the process of rebuilding 
totally. community. Like when people are like, New York is back, like everything's back to normal. I'm like, I get what you're saying. Like you can go to a bar and it feels normal. Like I totally get that. But like the level of like community of being like, I know if I go to these places, these people will be here. And like XYZ, like that is still, I think, rebuilding in a way, do you know? And I think it'll be great when it comes back and I have faith it'll come back, but kind of knowing like, like the, there being like regularly like parties where all your friends are at like every weekend, that sort of thing. I think we are still rebuilding that. I think there are like weeks where like it gets hiccup by like, you know, Oh no, these, all these people can't go out cause they all got exposed at this party last or whatever. It, you know what I mean? Like, I think we're still like coming over that hill and I'm very excited for that to be out the window. Mm. You know, same. I know I'm like <laughs> praying to the gods, but we're on a podcast. No one can see it. Um, yeah. It's just like tough. I, I know. And then also like, I don't know that that like added responsibility of uh just sort of like I don't know having to make sure that you are not I don't it's just like so much what thinking about going out requires so many more things and has so many more ramifications uh than it did before that it's like and uh, the negotiation of like I know what I'm comfortable with but like if what is my friend comfortable with and like I it's okay that we have different comfort levels but we do just have to like have a conversation about that like yeah, totally. you know I think that's all that's like very much the the phase we're in right now and I have learned what to expect from venues. Like I went to a comedy show fully knowing I was going to be the only person in the entire uh, bar room with a mask on. And that was the case. And I was like, I'm not going to hyperventilate. We're not freaking out. Like, this is fine. I'm, Wait, I'm curious. Like, I, you don't need to say where, but I'm just curious. What about that show made you know I'm going to be the only one? Not the show. Like it was like post show. Cause you know, sometimes you do a show in the back and like folks are really great about word, it. But then you get word, out word. and you're like in the bar. And so yeah. I had assumed I was like, okay, I guess like there's a backyard. I went out to smoke, whatever, hanging out, was talking out there. And I went inside and I was like, oh, I'm sure like, you know, there will be a mixed bag of people who are like masked and not masked. And it was like fully nobody. And like they were really good about checking vaccines on the way and all that stuff. But I, I was like, oh, okay, people are at very different places right now there are very different comfort levels. And yeah, so there are like, very different comfort levels. It's just like, wow. And then I have like a partner right now who's sick at home waiting on surgery. And so I'm like, I don't want to give him COVID. It's just like- Yeah, it adds a whole nother level. Totally. And that's like the thing I think people don't think about is like, it's sometimes not just like, oh, you should like, people always assume like, oh, you're just like really cautious because you're anxious. And it's like, no, maybe they have like a partner at home right. who's like, you know, like there's like, there's layers to it that like people don't know about. And so it's always important to just like keep that in mind. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, wait, I'm curious- because you mentioned like earlier, like you were talking about like you and Millie, like being Puerto Rican and Dominican, like being raised Puerto, like in a Puerto Rican family, like what was like, what was like Puerto Rican going out? Like as a family and then also like, just like what in like when you're out with like your Puerto Rican friends or family, like what is like going out mean culturally to Puerto Ricans, would you say? Oh gosh. I feel like in, in Florida, cause I feel like going out in Puerto Rico is it's it's totally, totally its own thing. Like there's, there's a vibe there and it's, it's fantastic. And the nightlife there is just like, is really so you see people of all ages out um like yeah. my mom moved back to puerto rico for a few years when i went to college and she was literally going out more than i was like drunk dialing me <laughs> it was beautiful that's was iconic great. yeah she was like fresh off a divorce living her best life and i was like honestly go get it like you lived your 20s with me in a cradle write like, that imagine, movie like, i'm yeah. sorry write that movie about a woman who gets divorced and her kids go to college and she moves back to puerto rico honestly, literally pitch it now working on it it's great <laughs> it was her live laugh love uh it was really beautiful um but yeah, I think in Florida for me, it was like a lot of bringing large parties to restaurants and having my grandmother insist that like we all be seated in chunks uh, and not when everybody gets there. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, also having all 16 relatives show up and then having like four of them have very particular um, dining specialties that they say are allergies that are not. Um, <laughs> 
just to make sure it's done. I'm getting anxious. I'm Literally, slowly clenching and yeah, tensing. They are any servers worse. If you see a, a big party of Puerto Ricans show up, the tip will not be worth it. It will, <laughs> like, I promise you now, if my grandmother is anywhere in that party, like, she... <laughs> She will make you rue the day that you ever thought you could do this stuff. Um, so it was a lot of that. But then, you know, we'd go back to someone's house and it was like, okay, who are the two people driving? Dope. You all are like out here playing dominoes, eating food. The rest of us are guzzling these beverages and talking about an ant nobody has seen in five years. Like that's, it's that. So I'm hearing things I like, which is like designated drivers. I'm hearing about gossip, which we know is my favorite thing. Mm. This sounds, I, I, it sounds like I would not go to the restaurant and meet you guys after. Totally. <laughs> That's what I do out of embarrassment at this point. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I took too long showering. I'll meet you guys there. It's fine. It's fine. Like, <laughs> so bad. But I'm also getting to the point where like some of my cousins that I grew up with, um, not like first cousins, like second family members you call cousins that aren't cousins are like, oh, I have a million. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're having kids now. And so they're not going out as much. So they're like, come to my beautiful new home. And like, the ass crack of central Florida where they're just starting to build a new subdivision. Uh, and we're going to scream in my backyard cause I don't have neighbors. And I'm like, what is Florida? What is happening right now? Um, that is deeply bizarre, but I love it. Truly. There are a lot of Mark Anthony songs that when they come on the entire house, will just like know and sing in unison a lot of like That's impromptu beautiful. karaoke for sure. That is, that is across the board. Beautiful. I feel like it's reminding me a lot of, can I, it I'm it's hearkening it's giving me memories of when my my dad's one of six big family and I just so remember walking into their house my one of my my aunt Debbie's house as a kid and just they all were playing poker with nickels and and quarters at the table and like chain smoking and just like the smell of like I'm like I unfortunately do just fucking love the smell of smoking inside it's disgusting but to me it just smells like a good party <laughs> I'm like yeah like I just me at six years old like walking to the party being like yes like <laughs> just like a big family party where everyone's just talking shit and hanging out it that is truly a beautiful thing it's so true it's just like for me it's like a the slight smell of like pork in the kitchen definitely some cigarettes even though everybody that used to smoke doesn't anymore in the family they've all quit wow our families are very similar because there was always a honey hand like i feel oh. like mine's like the white new england of like the florida puerto rican like just a big family talking shit drinking and cooking a large piece of pork if you have five siblings or more in either parent's family the rules are universal at this point i think i think that's actually probably just really true the beauty of it there's one sip because then there's enough siblings that there's gonna be one there that everyone's talking shit about absolutely fully every time (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that's i think that might be part of why you like because i really related to you talking earlier about like how you wanted when you go out you want to be able to talk because like i think that's the thing for me is like i've never been i'll do like the slam and techno parties like here and there occasionally and mostly because like it's what my like boyfriend and my friends love but like for me going out is talking the whole time like (laughs) I mean, I never want to not be talking to people. Like, I always want to be having a conversation. I want to be talking shit. And, like, that's also why I think I'm down to go home sometimes. Because it's, like, if it gets too late and people are tired or people are too drunk, it's, like, okay, there's no conversation. I'm over. And I don't – and here's the thing. I don't need the conversation to be good. I actually want it to be – I want to talk (laughs) shit. I want to talk (laughs) bullshit. But once it surpasses the point where we can't even talk bullshit, then it's time to go home. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, oh my God, okay, yes, I love you. <laughs> that's the, yeah, we're, we're winding down. I will say that yeah, I think that's part of the reason I picked up smoking in college, so I could leave the party and talk to people outside. As I actually as relate to that, and that's the best part about smoking. Like, and that's why I've, I'm someone who, 
I've never been a smoker, mm-hmm. but I've also I'm always like down for a cigarette, which is honestly the worst way to be because they say that's like worse than smoking because you're kind of like always going to be smoking a little, and it's like I know it's bad. <laughs> But like occasionally I do, but that's, it's about, it's not about like the cigarette always as much as about like, I need to step outside and talk to like one person for 10 minutes and then go back inside. And then sometimes there's nothing like being at a party and then like the smokers go outside and then you're like, this is better than the party. And now we're at the cool kids table. Do you know what I mean? Like that's happening. Yes. (laughs) It's it's so good though. And then sometimes, I don't know. I really love, um, uh, not to like blow his spot up, but there was a very special moment. I did a show with Larry and a few of us were there early and we all went like, Larry was just like, Hey, like I brought a little one hitter. Do you guys want some? And it was like, the audience was coming in and we're like, okay, we're going to be on time. We're ready. Like we know who's going first, whatever. We just like hit outside and like just Ugh, like four of us shared a little moment. And it was so much more about just like having that little calm before the storm. Cause the show totally. was just like sold out. It was chaotic. Everyone was jumping to different shows. And it was just like a very sweet curated by Larry grounding um, moment yeah a grounding moment it was really nice are you going to his carnegie show <gasps> when is it it's in like three weeks try to oh grab a ticket God. we're going it's yes. gonna be fun yes okay amazing i'm so excited i have to see his show i have to see uh by the time this podcast comes out it'll also be too late but joel perez is doing a uh, show at the public too so many people are just like putting on great things at really fantastic theaters i know so that excited. is it's great to have like good shows in theater back yeah. okay to wrap up <gasps> yeah we haven't gone out in a minute. I feel like let's plan our next night out together and then get it going. Oh, I love this. Okay. Last time we hung out was at Rosemont. That is it? Was it? Yeah, your birthday. Yes, it was my birthday. I'm trying to figure out if Starfuckers was before or after, but it was before. Oh, I, yeah. I think it was before. It I was think before. it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely the Rosemont and then my place. Great time. That was my first party at my apartment. I was very nervous, and I was. You have a good you. You have a good room for an apartment. You have a good apartment for a party, is what I would say. Bless. Okay, good. Because it has three distinct rooms, so there could be three distinct um, conversations happening in a way that was good. And the bathroom is is private enough. I I overall rate your 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 apartment pretty high. Ah, bless. Okay, great. Also, yeah, the shower is separate from the toilet, so nobody's gonna vomit in my shower, which is really nice. That's that huge. The That's huge. And when I say anybody, I mean me. I was the person <laughs> in that scenario. So, okay. So we've done Q Club together. We've done Rosemont together. I think that leaves an Exley Metro night, like a start at Exley walk to Metro. We should absolutely do that. Are we doing like dinner or late night snacks in between or after? <sighs> okay. Well, what's your restaurant vibe? We didn't talk about restaurants at all in terms of like eating out. Do you like to oh. go to restaurants? Like, yeah, if we're like eating out, eating out, I do love to go. At Latin American cuisine in general is just like the vibe for me. I also really love. So that's a little bit of a food. Okay, I feel like Latin spots in Brooklyn is a weak spot for me in terms of having them in my back pocket, like knowing good ones. So maybe we do that. You take what's a fave of yours? Okay. So I live on Graham Avenue, famously known as the Avenue of Puerto Rico, um, for a certain yep. stretch. There is an incredible restaurant. It is so wild because I actually um profiled the chef and owner in like a video I did three years ago, and I was like, Oh, I'd love to live near here. Amazing, amazing. Got this apartment not knowing how close it was. Oh, sick. It is called Caridad China. The chef and uh owner is a Chinese man who moved at a very young age to Puerto Rico, um, and trained uh, was trained to cook under his uncle, who is also a Chinese Puerto Rican man, and then moved to New York and opened up a Chinese Puerto Rican fusion restaurant. It is So what's the name again? I'm like on Yeah. Garida Garinicha. 
Caridad, C-A-R-I-D-A-D, China, like China, but pronounced. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Fuck, that sounds perfect. It is mind-blowing. It's just, it's so good. It's so it's like, good. it's like Chinese-influenced Latin food? Yeah, but then also just like taking dishes and mashing them together, like taking a Chinese chicken dish and putting like plantains with it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay, wait. Yeah. Perfect. It's the move. And it's walking distance from both of those. We might, it might be a dangerous night out because we will leave full. No, I was going to say, I um, sound, I smell heartburn. I'm going to have heartburn. Fully. But that's fine. Yeah. Um, The girls will be sipping Pepto-Bismol with their, (laughs) their vodka drinks. We'll do, so we'll do, okay, so we'll go to, um, we'll go to Karia China for dinner. Mm -hmm. We'll walk to Exley and do vodka Peptos. And then. (laughs) Vodka (laughs) Peptos, stop. That's going to be a thing like five years from now, don't you? You made the Exley happen and now you're going to make vodka Pepto. I can't handle you. I, and then we'll walk, and once our stomachs are settled, we'll go to Metro for some dancing. Oh, bless. Perfect. We just need to hit Metro before the backyard closes so we can have a sing back there. Always. That is my, yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seesai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to VinePair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 